I'm ecstatic about today's interview because it's near and dear to my heart, as is the guest. Dawn Wickland is married with three kids ages 14, 11, and 9. She's a kids pastor at Eagle Brook Church and loves helping people realize her potential and challenging them to grow. She's also my sister-in-law. I'm telling you, she is the best thing that has ever happened to my brother. Well, except for me, of course. So where did they meet? They met at the skate park when she was just a teenager. They've been on an incredible journey and together through many tests and trials, they have grown into a powerhouse couple. She exudes the qualities of a woman of strength, but much of that comes from deciding to step into the fire of life's trials and allow the refining process to do its work. It's never easy, but it's always worth it. I can't wait for you to hear her story. Hey winner, welcome to Red Hot Mindset. My mission through this podcast is to help you step into the fire of refinement so you can realize your full potential. I do this by helping you overcome your mental barriers through a faith-based approach of building inner strength and resilience. Life is one massive marathon and it's up to you to run your own race and to finish it well. Step into the fire with me because I know you will come out stronger. Well, welcome, Don. I'm so Thank excited you. to have you with me today. So excited to be here. I, yeah, I'm excited because we don't actually get to chat very often no. without kids or without holidays yep. and get into the deeper stories. And right. so I'm actually excited to hear some of the things I may not even know about you. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. For sure. So if you don't mind just telling us a little bit of your background. Yeah, so grew up uh, incredibly in an incredible family. Uh we, I love skateboarding, snowboarding, uh, uh, hunting, fishing, grew up with brothers. So it was a lot of whatever they did, mm -hmm. I did too. And there wasn't a lot of Barbie dolls involved. So. I understand that. Barbie dolls didn't have heads. So. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yep. They were more of a target. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so um, as I approached my teenage years, I met Seth at 15. Actually, it was probably about 14 when I first saw him. Uh, 15, I really started to skateboard a lot more. Me and my younger brother, Jesse, uh, loved to go to the skate park and uh, hang out there. And then at 16, started dating Seth. And uh, it was crazy. Yeah, like, um, didn't think I'd actually fall in love with my future husband at that age. Right. And had so, you dated before that? Like, was he your first boyfriend? Uh, so I had a couple just short-term boyfriends prior to that. But yes, he was like my very first, like, yeah. And it, actually, the very first time I saw him, I was with my girlfriend, Sarah, at the time. And oh. I said, I'm going to marry him one day. <laughs> and she's like, why? <laughs> I don't know, but I'm going to. She's like, okay. And then we like, we left. And so, um, yeah, so my heart was kind of, I don't know, set on him and I uh, was going to school, had a great youth group. Uh, he, and then we started, he broke my skateboard and uh -oh. that's when it was like our first little <laughs> hangout. He brought me to Pineski's to buy oh, me funny. a new one. <laughs> I love it. Was he working there at the time? Yes. <laughs> Cheap way to go, right? He probably got a discount. Yeah, totally did. And then when we walked in there, Paul was at the counter. He's like, uh, is this your new girl? And I was like, do you bring a lot of girls here often? <laughs> this is pickup line, skate park. So, um, yeah. So then from there, um, 
you know the story a bit of at 19, I ended up pregnant and we weren't married. It was a time for me of just, uh, honestly, just being very afraid mm -hmm. of the unknown and uh, uh, shamed and just very disappointed in myself. And I knew I disappointed uh, our families. And, and so that was just a really difficult time. Uh, we decided to get married. Uh, we weren't really sure uh, what we were doing, but we were like, let's do it. Mm -hmm. I guess we talked about it before. Let's just dive into it. And so we threw the wedding together in a month. <laughs> yeah, it was really fast, wasn't it? <laughs> so now I do weddings and they're like, oh my gosh, only six months to plan one. And I'm like, I planned mine in a month. You can do it. Yeah, no it's like deal. three weeks. So. <laughs> and I remember walking down the aisle and just being so afraid of what is going on. What are we doing? Is this the right thing? Is this not? And so as we dove into marriage, Caden uh, was born four months after we were married. And so to learn how, trying to figure out how to be a new mom and a new wife was very difficult. And then on the very first Mother's Day, as we walked into that uh, we lost my brother, Jesse, mm -hmm. at 17 years old, and he was killed by a drunk driver, and that was, that that rocked my world. Oh, yeah. And so. Well, he was your best friend. Best friend. Right. Best friend. And so he was over every day at our house. After high school, he'd come over. If he wasn't there by 3.30, <laughs> I'd be calling him. I'm like, where are you at? He's like, I'm at the skate park. I'll be there in a little bit. I'm okay. I'm like, okay. As long as you're okay. Uh and so to not have him and to go through that very first uh, extreme loss, very close loss, mm -hmm. uh, that I just didn't know how to handle grief and I didn't do it in a healthy way. And so uh, it just really affected our marriage a lot. Mm -hmm. I took a lot of that anger and frustration and sadness I didn't know how to deal with uh, out on Seth and and Kaden mm -hmm. and so feeling then that uh shame of just treating him that way so then mm -hmm. feeling like oh gosh yeah I'm a failing mom and I'm a failing wife and I don't know how to deal with these feelings mm -hmm. was really difficult and then fast forward we had Carter <laughs> uh, a couple years later, and he's our little spitfire for sure. Right, right. Yeah, got one of those. Yep. <laughs> There's one in every bunch. Yeah, keeps you keeps you grounded. Yes, totally. They humble you daily and yep. remind you. I don't you realize all the things they can get in into. Control. Yes, completely. So, uh, and then Rylan came uh, a couple years after Carter, and so, uh, but at the same time. Uh, when I was pregnant with Rylan, we found out that my dad was sick mm -hmm. with stage four liver cancer. Yeah. And we lost my dad four months after Rylan was born. And so to be 25 years old, right. um, three young kids, uh, two major losses. My dad was really the rock of our family. And he just like held us together after Jesse died. And mm -hmm. um, he just had such a strong faith. And that was always just so like reassuring. And so then when dad died, it was like, oh. and to watch my mom go through that and my brother go through that. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you just realize like, 
your family is never going to be right. the same ever, ever again. And to watching them just grieve and, and struggle is tough. So yeah. especially at 25 years old when you're just trying to figure out life and how to be a mom and how to be a wife. And it was just like, what the heck? Mm-hmm. Like, what, what am I doing here? Right. Uh, what were some of the questions that you were having in that time? Some of the biggest questions that I had during that time were really against God of okay. like, why? Mm-hmm. Why our family? Um, why us? You kind of start to think of like, you know, you compare yourself, you start to compare yourself to all these other people that you think you're just almost like better that like, they were such good people. Like right. they're so much better, you know, and it's like, you can't, you can't go there. You can't do that. But um, those were some of the questions that I asked myself, um, I asked myself a lot of just like, honestly, why am I here? Mm-hmm. Um, I started to not want to be here anymore. And I spent many nights uh, begging God to take me home because I was just uh, feeling like such a failure on so many levels. And the pain and the sadness just wouldn't seem to go away. Mm-hmm. And, and so, uh, a lot of the questions were just why. Right. Right. And what were your deepest feelings at that point? Were you feeling lonely? Like no one understood you? What were some of the things that were going through your head? Yeah. So lonely for sure of just feeling like nobody knew what I was going through. Nobody understood the pain that I was feeling. Right. Um, especially at 25, very few people have gone through two big losses in a family like that. In and a short amount of time. In a very short amount of time. And and having to try to help care for my mom through that time and my brother and just like uh, just a lot of like I finally understood the feeling of what people would say like dying of a broken heart. It literally felt like my heart was broken and and grief a lot of times actually it is very painful mm-hmm. almost bit like physically and uh mentally mm-hmm. and so uh that was a really tough part of just in like I said not having the tools or knowing how to get through that or wondering if it's ever gonna end mm-hmm. and so and that was in my mind a lot like just I couldn't see that light at the end of the tunnel. Like, I just felt like I was going to be in that despair the rest of my life. Right. And how, how do I, how do I get out of this? How do I actually see joy again? I just wanted to laugh again and have the joy I once had. I didn't know how to, how to do that. Right. Or if I ever would again. Yeah. And honestly, on the surface, I mean, I, I was heartbroken for you, but obviously our family shows emotion very differently than your family. But your on family the surface, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we were, we were there for you. That's all we could really be. Yes. Um, because I haven't experienced something like that yet. Yeah. Um, though they still seem very close to us because your family. But at the surface of it, mm-hmm. you looked okay. So yeah. you were very good at somewhat um, shadowing what your feelings really were inside. And I think so many of us do that. Yep. where we have the pain, but we have to like, put, well, you had three kids, so you had to push through it anyway, and you yep. had to pretend to be happy. So what, how did that play a part mm-hmm. in how you were doing and moving forward? Yeah. 
So I learned very quickly, um, and that's why I learned very quickly that you can hide that. And like you were talking about how often so many of us put on that smile and we always ask people like, how are you doing today? Mm -hmm. And the instant response is good. How are you? Good. <laughs> and then move on. Right. But are you really good? And I wasn't good. I could put the smile on. I could go through the tasks of the day knowing that I had to get through the day, knowing that I had to try to be this mom. Um, and especially when you're around other people, it's that pressure of like, but really inside you're dying inside. And I do like when I was at home, it was very different. I didn't want to get out of the bed. Like my kids were seeing that and uh, also working late nights and things like that. I was just, I was just exhausted and I was tired. And, uh, but it was truly like trying to figure out, like almost feeling like you're in a prison mm -hmm. of Yep, I got to put on that smile, and yep, I got to get through the day, and yep, I got to try to be that wife, and yep, I felt the pressure of trying to hold my family together and just, like, trying to make sure everybody else is okay, and it's like I'm juggling all these balls, and it, but they're, they're falling, and they're crumbling, and I truly just was inside, and in my private, like I said, I'd go mm -hmm. to the bathroom middle of the night and I would just cry and I would just cry um and I believe so many people do that nowadays and we all try to pretend that we're good yeah but we're not yeah and I think that's I mean even something that we need to teach our kids mm -hmm. and just the things going on with them and how social media is rampant and mm -hmm. all those things I mean we have to teach our kids yes. to be able to open up yeah but if we aren't doing that it's hard for them to see or be okay with it because they yes. think, oh, I have to hide it too. Yes. Because I know my mom's in pain right now. Yep. Well, and two, I think a part of the struggle of it was I didn't even know I was running mm -hmm. from it. And our natural instinct, I believe, is to run away from things. Like, oh, yep, yeah, those feelings are, those feelings hurt. Right. They're hard. They're sad. I don't want to feel that way. So I'm just going to stay busy or I'm going to just pretend that they're not there and I'm not going to take the time. I'm going to, you know, do a Netflix binge or I'm going to do this <laughs> or whatever to just keep my mind busy enough mm -hmm. so I don't have to think about that and I can just keep pretending that everything's okay. And so I do believe I actually did that for a lot of years mm -hmm. um, and I just tried to run away from it and ha like act like everything was good. Yeah. And, and, you know, through the years, people start thinking, oh, yeah, she's good. Yeah. She's, she's yes. moved on. She's, I don't think you ever move on. No. There's, there's always that pain and there's yeah. going to be that memory. Um, yeah. So what was, was there a breaking point or a breakthrough point that you got to that made you know, either reach out for help or know that you needed to do something different? Yes. So I call it my rock bottom moment. <laughs> it's a real thing. Uh -huh. <laughs> I've had those. Yep. <laughs> And I was actually driving home from work one night. It was about 2 a.m. Uh, and it was just a really bad night waitressing. And it was just, it was like everything came to that point in my life. Uh, I was driving home and I got stopped at the railroad tracks. The lights started blinking and I had to stop. And that's what set me off. It was mm -hmm. like, I just wanted to get home. 
but I just lost it. Hmm. Like I started screaming and crying and like it, it was like all this built up anger and sadness and like all these things that I had been holding in for years, like finally came out. And actually when I went, when I finally like calmed down, I was shocked. Like I was surprised that that was even in me because I didn't, I didn't realize like how, how much was truly in me. Um, I tell people I cursed out God. I was like, I, I told, said every word in the book. I'm like, I don't talk like that normally, but I was just like, it all came out and, and it was an incredible moment where I feel like that's where, uh, God was just like, it's time, it's time to change like you. And I just felt like these words, um, in my heart that he just was saying like, when are you going to quit playing the victim? and realize this incredible life that I have planned for you. And I hate being called a victim. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I was, and that's, and that's where I had been living. It was this poor me, this why me mentality. And I was absorbing all of it. And it was finally in that moment, I realized like, all right, I live one life. Mm-hmm. And it's up to me to live it better. Right. And I am the only one that is going to be able to change it. And so either I can choose to sit and live in this poor me mentality where it's affecting my marriage, we're on the verge of divorce, or it's affecting how I parent my poor kids. I couldn't be that mom that I wanted to be so badly for them. Uh, and, and just even for God, like, I'm not giving anybody my best because I'm sitting in this poor me. And so how do we get out of that? And that's that night is when it began. I'm mm-hmm. like, all right, Lord, like I'm yours and I'm obviously failing at everything in every area. And so show me what I need to do. Yeah. To so, change. so where did he take you? So the very first thing he said was what was on my heart was I need to restore our marriage. Mm-hmm. And, and so it was, um, starting to do those small things that we weren't doing, whether that was just truly like giving him a hug when he walked in the door and it was like the most awkward <laughs> hug. And I was like, <laughs> we, we are hot, awkward huggers for sure. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I'm like, I'm not giving him a hug. And it was like, no, just give him a hug. Just get up and do this. I'm like, he's going to think I'm crazy. And so he came in the door and um, I started to realize just how far apart we were because it was so awkward. I'm like, this should not be weird. This should not be hard for me to do. He is my husband. Um, And so it was just a big eye opener. And so he came in the door and I walked over, gave him this this hug. And I was like, (laughs) I love you. And he's like, is everything okay? Are, is everything Anything okay? you need to tell me. Like, like, <laughs> what'd you do? And so I'm like, not, I just wanted to give you a hug. And, and it, and so it was just honestly like these baby steps, like sending text messages, just saying how much I appreciate how hard he works and what he does for our family. And as I began to really uh, take some of these steps, 
that were so simple, like I could see and feel our relationship changing and growing and we were connecting more. Uh, but it's like actually taking that action. That is so hard to do because at times it is awkward or it is right. weird or we are mad or we are angry and I'd be so angry at him and I'd be like, I don't want to say that to him because I'm not happy. But it was like, no, just do it. And, and it was incredible. And I can honestly say like today that I love him more than I ever have. It'll be 15 years next week, <laughs> wow. March 4th. And so to be like, that's crazy. <laughs> so that, I mean, almost half of your, so, cause you got married at 19. So only a few more years to go till it's been half of half your life of married. Life. Yes. Wow. Yes. And I, I honestly can see the transformation and love just how much of a power couple you are mm -hmm. and how much he's changed. Yeah. Like just the transformation he's had since he know, has known you. Yeah. So I always, I keep, I always say that, you know, you're the best thing that ever happened to him outside of me. Yes. But, you know. <laughs> you gotta have first credit. That's true. <laughs> but you are. And I, I have always, I've thanked God for you because he had been in a different path as well. And yeah. it's like. God knew that you were the only person that could get through to him. Yeah. And so it's really cool to see how you guys have grown together. Yes. So I love that. And I love that. And, you know, I mean, where were you guys at in your marriage mm -hmm. at that point? How was your marriage? Horrible. Um, and, and I think he would say, he would say he didn't think it was as, he knew it wasn't good. Mm -hmm. um, and we threw the divorce word around pretty often. Uh, but I would like the level that I was at, I think was a lot worse than what he knew it was. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we've talked a little bit about that. Uh, but I mean, there were points where like, we, I just, we, it was one of our anniversaries was coming up and I remember going to the store to pick out a card and I just started crying because mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't, I don't. It was the moment where it really hit me of like, I don't feel any of this towards him. Right. Like, and it was just, this lady came up and like put her arm around me and I was just like, it's okay, I'm okay. <laughs> so embarrassing. But um, it was that moment where it really opened my eyes to like showing me how low we really were at. Um, there wasn't that connection. Like it was, I was in a very negative mindset again a lot of the grief I think I just didn't know how to deal with that mm -hmm. and I looked to him truly to f fulfill that void and like it was why aren't you making me happy why aren't you making me feel better why aren't you taking this sadness away and I put this huge burden on him and I put this weight on him that only mm -hmm. God can carry mm -hmm. and and so when I was doing that it was I would just get frustrated about every little thing around the house. Even it was like, Oh yeah, your pop can, oh, your clothes on the floor there. And, and I would build up this like anger throughout the day. And then by the time we got home, it was just not, I was just mad. Cause we built it all up yes. so much. And so it was like, there was, he didn't even have a chance mm -hmm. coming through that door each day. And so uh, for me, it was really starting to change my mindset and, and allowing like God to take that over. And so something that I actually did and I would make myself do, um, every time I told myself a negative thing of like, oh yeah, there's his clothes again. 
I, I had to then stop myself and tell myself three things that was great about him. Mm. And, and it was like, I found myself starting to be like, what? he's such an incredible man. Like, what do you even have to complain about? And I got to see so much more as I continue to change my mindset of like, oh my gosh, like he's an incredible dad and he does work so hard and he provides for our family. And, um, like he truly loves me so much. And I'm like, what, what are you whining about? Quit your whining. And so it was really having to adjust that mindset and change it, break those habits. And because often our, the way we think our habits we've built over time. Right. And it takes changing them and taking that action to actually do that. Right. Mindset's huge. Yeah. It's a big thing. And I think, I mean, you have grown into such a woman of strength and I admire who your courage and just what you've done through these trials. So you're talking about the little things that you did, but what are some other things that you did to grow Mm -hmm. personally? Because I know you went on this really powerful journey of self-development. Yes. So uh, first it was honestly not secluding myself and sitting at home and pouting about things. It was, I had to get up. So the mom's group Mm -hmm. was incredible. That was such a gift. And I feel like God was able to put people in my life that um, could encourage me and help me on that walk and help me on that journey and wouldn't let me give up and kept like trying to pull those things out of me. And so one of the biggest things was just not sitting at home and moping uh, because it's so easy to start to seclude yourself when Mm -hmm. you're going through those hard times. Uh, And so fighting against wanting to do that. And then uh, as I continued to step out, uh, it allowed God to work in ways that I just didn't expect. And so uh, it was really... uh, stepping out of my comfort zone and it was so scary and so one of the first ones was truly the um fundraiser that we did for the mom's group and they asked me to share my testimony mm-hmm. i was like oh heck no like i'm not getting up there i hate talking in front of people i was so nervous but i knew it was like okay just just do it just try it and so as i stepped out of my comfort zone i got it i got to start to realize like that's that's where life begins mm-hmm. and i stepped out and after that after i shared uh these people came up to me afterwards and were just like oh my gosh you know thank you thank you so much for sharing and that's what i had to hear today and i went through something similar and it's just so cool to like you give me hope and it was like what like me i'm to be where I was of thinking I was just nothing, not wanting to be here to like, I could give somebody hope. Mm-hmm. Like, what is this? And I started to realize the more that I stepped out, the more that I started to talk about my story and just not be afraid of my story and not be afraid to tell people the truth and how I really was feeling. Um, that's when God got to start to heal me. Hmm. And it was, it's, and it's still to this day, it's never a one-way street. It's like, yes, even though I'm getting to help you, like you are helping me. 
because it's a continue, like you said, it never goes away. Right. I still think about my dad and my brother every single day. Uh, marriage things still come up at times and it's like, it's a constant battle, mm -hmm. but the more that I've been able to like step out, share, help, it has healed my heart. Yeah. And I get to see how God like takes this like beautiful mess yeah. and turn it into something beautiful because I asked why for so long, like why our family, why me, like, why are you doing this to us? And like to then now get to see like, there is a plan even in the brokenness, right? This world is hard. This life is hard, <laughs> like, but there, there can be so much good and there can be so much beauty, even in the hard and the mm -hmm. difficult. And that's what this world needs to see. And that's what this world needs more of. Yep. Right. Because I, I even have a mantra that says, I have a powerful story. Mm -hmm. I need to tell it. And I'm the only one that can. Yes. And it's true. I mean, we so each true. have our stories. And if we're not willing to share them, we, one, won't heal. Yep. But we also can't affect others and use the trials for good. Yep. And I know God doesn't cause the bad, but he can take the bad. Yes. And do something good with it if we allow him to let us, if we allow him to put us in the fire. Yes. And to go through our refinement, which is what this podcast is all about, the yes. refiner's fire and yes. really refining yourself and getting stronger through it so that you can share that story mm -hmm. and affect hundreds. And now, I mean, you just shared your testimony on the stage at Eagle Brook. Yes. In front of thousands of people. <laughs> and I crazy. know that affected many, many lives just in yeah. that and just knowing it was hard to do at a mom's group. Mm -hmm. And now you did it in front of thousands. Yeah. And that's where it's just been neat to watch over these last about eight years. I said it's been, it was kind of our seven years of true hell here on <laughs> earth. And then like these last eight years, I call it our restoration years yeah. so far. And so, um, but he has prepared every step of the way. And I think that's so cool to watch. Like he doesn't just throw us in the fire complete. Like he is a loving God that brings us step by step, right. slowly prepares us for that next chapter. And so I know I did my previous business and I know that was such a gift that he gave me because that's where I started to learn um, how to, right. that that I could lead and that I I could share more of my story openly and he just continued to show me that there's a reason behind it all and if you're willing to let him use you if you're willing to step out of that comfort zone like that that he gets to use you in ways you had no idea and yeah. so like just a kid's pastor, like just to even say pastor, yeah. like, to say that and that, I'm like, what? Uh, do you know who I was? Like, uh, and, and I just think that's amazing to be able to like, nothing I ever plan, but when you fully give it to him, he just, he, he it's not your plan. Yeah. You allow him to use you and he just like uh, says, I, I got your plan. Like you just need to trust. And I will prepare you to step of the way. Yeah, totally. I mean, he laughs at our plans. Totally. A lot of times. Yes. He's like, they just don't even know what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> they just <laughs> have, have no, no idea. idea. And I, you know, looking back, hindsight's 2020. Mm -hmm. So when these tragedies happened, I mean, obviously we would take it back in an instant. We'd right. rather them be here. But what, what have you, what are the big lessons that you've learned through it? 
through letting God mold you and shape you and use those tragedies to affect others. And so I, I've told people, like, if you would have said, you know, even, even eight years ago, it'll be coming up on 14 years this May since I lost my brother. Yeah. And it's been nine years since I lost my dad. And I just think, I, I just can't believe it's been that long already. Um, but even eight years ago, if you would have said, like, it's okay. One day, this will be a blessing. Yeah. I would, I would have like hit you in the face. <laughs> you don't ever say that to like, somebody yeah. going through tragedy. Like, no, you don't. And you let them just, say like, it later. <laughs> exactly. And um, I mean, I've actually even had to manage some some guilt with this because uh, I've had to look at it as like, oh my gosh, I had to lose my brother and my dad to find who I am and who God created me to be. And there was a lot of guilt with that, but I can like stand here, sit here today in front of you and honestly say like losing them was one of the biggest blessings in my life, which I never, ever, ever, like I'll tear up now, uh, dreamed I'd ever say. Mm -hmm. But it has been able to, like, God has been able to, like, just the relationship I have with him now, I never know, like, known it could be that strong and that deep. And um, and I just know where they're at. And, I, like, I know my dad and my brother are out there just going, like, we don't want to come back. Like, <laughs> right. you, you just keep doing your thing. You like, do keep you. doing what you're supposed to be doing. And we'll see you soon. And I have the gift of knowing that, like, yeah. I will see them again one day. And I, I'm so excited for that day, but I know they're up there going like, you're right where you need to be. You keep doing that. And yes, yeah. we'll see you soon. And I think they probably would a hundred percent say this was so worth it to see where you're going Yeah, and to see what, how God's using you. Yeah. So through it all, you had that successful business coaching. You had that successful fitness coaching that you were doing. You had, you know, you were growing personally, and then you had the opportunity to become the kids pastor at Eagle Brook. How has that, how has you answering that call had an effect on just your life in general? Oh gosh, that's been a, a huge impact on my life. Like I said, uh, just pastor, the word is very scary. I was very hesitant, uh, but deep down I knew like that's where he was calling me. And mm -hmm. so um, it's been an incredible journey of just getting to, oh my gosh, I get to lead a team of over 500 volunteers. Um, we have around a thousand kids a weekend, which is just insane to think about right. and to be able to uh, relate with people who are going through really difficult struggles um, and be able to help them uh, through that and to help give them hope uh, through those. I believe that he did craft my life for a big reason. And I don't want my one life that we have here to be for nothing. Right. And, and so if I can continue to help others through their journey. Uh, that's what I want to do. And uh, because I, like I said, that's been what's healing for me. And so to be able to 
be a pastor, I like even though it's scary and so, but it, and crazy is something I never anticipated. Um, it's been an incredible gift, and it continues to just uh, help me uh, with what I'm getting uh, or why I've been through what I've gone through. Yeah. And so, if I can help walk others through that, I want to be able to do that. So cool. So cool. So, What's something, or maybe something that somebody told you that impacted you when you were going through the tragedy of losing your brother and your dad? What's something that somebody told you that really affected you in a positive way? How can somebody who doesn't understand say mm -hmm. something? Because obviously we can't just say, oh, I'm so sorry. And I'm just sometimes not saying anything at all and doing mm -hmm. is better. I don't know. So what's something that somebody could do if their friend or family member is going through a tragedy? So uh, some of the best... Well, We'll start off with the first thing, don't say. Yeah, yeah. There's probably a lot <laughs> One of those. the don't things that drove me crazy um, that a lot of people told me was always like, God won't give you more than you can handle. Mm -hmm. And that's such a lie on so many levels. Um, he does give us more than we can handle. Uh, and he gives us more than we can handle for a reason because then we have to ultimately depend on him right. to get through that. And that's who I had to turn to because it was so much more than what I could handle. And, but some of the greatest, honestly, one of the most comforting, this could sound so crazy, um, because I got so many people saying that, you know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. Um, and that's fine. And that's great because so many people just don't know what to say in those times. Mm -hmm. But uh, one of the things that stuck with me, someone just came up and gave me a big hug, which is probably why I'm now such a hugger. And everyone's like, <laughs> it's kind of what I'm known for at Eagle Brook. Um, but one of the, they just gave me a big hug. And they just said, this really sucks. And I said, yeah, it does. And for some reason, like that, that comment, that moment uh, just stuck with me. It was like they were empathizing mm -hmm. with me. Right. Um, but otherwise, what somebody had told me is one of my dad's close friends, and I, uh, it's, we all have those moments where something just like sticks with us for some reason. And uh, he had approached me and he had just said, you know, Don, I don't, I don't know why. I don't know why. But he said, I just have this feeling that God has great plans for you. Hmm. And it just stuck with me. And I, at first I was like, oh yeah, real great plans. Like <laughs> this is horrible and this is so painful and I hate all of this. Um, but as I continued to like go on my journey, I was like, maybe he was right. Maybe he's right. Mm -hmm. And what if he does? And what would that be like? And what does that look like? Mm -hmm. and, and so I've always just hold close to that. And it's what's gotten me through a, a lot of hard things. And, and it's kind of neat to see, like, as I continue to be obedient to what God calls me to, even when it's scary and even when I'm so nervous and getting in front of thousands of people to share my story, I was shaking like a leaf. Uh, mm -hmm. But it was like, the more I'm obedient to just listen to his call, the more I'm starting to realize, like, he wasn't wrong. Yeah. And God is going to... And he, God can use all of us for great things if we allow him to. Right. 
Yeah, I remember a speaker one time said, and I think it might be from a book. I'm just not sure which one, but um, God can take our scars and turn them into stars. And oh, that's kind of what yes. he did with you. Complete. So that's so cool. Um, last question for you is, yeah. can you give us one piece of advice for anybody who is going through mm-hmm. a tragedy or a trial right now that seems like it's never ending and they cannot get out? What would be your advice to them? My first piece of advice would definitely be, and this might seem cliche, but don't give up. Mm-hmm. Like you have to fight through the storm. There's going to be storms in life at all different times in life. But when I was going through it, I had to start looking at things as this is just a season. This isn't forever. This mm-hmm. isn't the rest of my life. This is just a season. And I can get through a season. Yeah, Like we can fight through a season. And then I'd say, step out. Don't seclude yourself. Step out and be around people, but be around good people that are going to lift you up and they're going to encourage you and have grace towards people too. If they're trying to help you through those things, sometimes people just don't know what to do, but give them grace. And, and then I would say you have to take action because we can all read self-help books. We can all go to church. We can all do the things that we think are Mm -hmm. what we need to do. And we can know all the things. And many people do know all the things, but they refuse to take action. Um, Because often that can seem overwhelming. Um, It can be hard. And you have to face it. You have to face the issues. You have to face it head on and then be willing to take the steps. And sometimes, like I said, it's as small as sending your husband a text. Yeah. It's as small as giving him a hug when he walks through the door. It's as small as stepping inside of a church or watching a message online. It's as small as picking up a book Mm -hmm. and just starting somewhere. It's as small as reaching out to somebody to just say, I do need help. Yeah. But you have to start. You have to take action. Otherwise, you're going to sit in that, you're going to sit in that, yuck in that stuck spot for way too long and I did that Mm -hmm. for way too long I did that for a good seven plus years and it was not a good seven plus years and I think when you realize that it doesn't change overnight nothing does yeah it's a journey it's a journey and it's okay that it's a journey and the sooner you get started the sooner your journey begins to change. Yeah, I love that. It is a journey, and we never arrive. We never arrive. No matter how good yep. we get. We I tell arrive. people, if you arrive, that's the day you know you're, in you, heaven. You, you're either dead or you need to reach out for help. Yeah. Because once we, if we were to arrive here, like we get bored. Like there's always totally. something to strive for. There's always something to continue to work on, grow deeper. But the more and more that I have um, put in the effort, the better my life gets. Totally. And even with the struggles, we still have we still have struggles today. What? Like I still I still struggle. And I know it's a shock. <laughs> it's crazy. It's, I know. <laughs> but I've been able with God, like. Being able to work through those struggles, um, still having joy, still having peace, knowing that he's got this, Mm -hmm. 
Um, and when you overcome those struggles, and uh, even in our marriage, I just look at it as like, I can look at him and the bumps in the roads that we have now. It's like, we got through that. Like, we can get through anything. Yeah, like we, we, <laughs> we can keep trucking. So, yeah. That's great. Well, thank you so much for sharing thank with you me today. I've appreciated it. If anyone wants to connect with you, how would be the best way for them to do that? You can feel free to reach out through my email. I gave you that link. And then also, um, I have Facebook. I'm a little bit more old school. I haven't gotten into Instagram yet. I know. <laughs> um, but my Facebook page too, I'm pretty consistent on both those. Awesome. And I'll definitely share those links in the show notes for you or down below. So yeah, this was great. I, I loved yeah. hearing your story and diving deeper into it. Some parts that I didn't know, um, parts that I've longed to ask you about mm -hmm. even and just um, have you open up about it. So I appreciate yeah. it. I know this is going to help a lot of people. So thank you. Thank you for having me. I'll give you the awkward yes. whistle. Come on. <laughs> That's a step. Yeah. Like that, she's not a See, Out of your comfort zone into Ow. action. <laughs> So good, right? I can't believe it's taken us almost 20 years to sit down and have such an in-depth and impactful conversation. I consider her a wonderful friend and sister-in-law, but now I feel like we have a better bond. Diving deep with someone and learning her struggle victory stories and how God is using them in everyday life is one of the best ways to really get to know their heart and what makes them tick. I am confident that Dawn impacted you today just as much as she did me. And I look forward to watching her create a ripple effect of positive through her own story. We all have a story to tell, and it's up to us to be willing to open up and tell it. You never know whom you will affect for the greater good. Are you ready to share your story? I believe in you. Thank you so much for joining me today. I had a great time, and I hope you did too. Before we go, though, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your favorite listening platform if you haven't already. This will make sure you have access to all future episodes so you don't miss any of them. If you resonated with this episode, please consider leaving a review on iTunes or Spotify. If you have any friends or family whom you think would enjoy this podcast, be sure to share it with them so they can reap the benefits as well. I hope you step into the fire with me each and every episode because I know you will come out stronger. That's all for now. Talk with you real soon. Bye, winner. <laughs>